Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host, Ashton Overholt. Ashton, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. I'm doing good. Ready for this, the coaches draft, an episode that uh, I always look forward to every offseason. I think this is our third annual. Is that right? That's right. Uh, The first one was on my personal podcast. Okay. The second one was a year ago when we basically when we started this podcast. So this is somehow our third annual. Um, Always a highlight, I think, for both of us. It is. It is. I think I will say this year is going to be a little dicey. Like this one's going to be interesting because the perspective of coaches changed so much in this off season. <laughs> Whereas before it was kind of cut and dry, like you kind of had your guys and, and now, now the guys have been reshuffled. So um, I think yeah. it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. It, it's going to uh, make for some interesting uh, conversations. We'll say. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll kind of recap the last couple of years after, at the, at the end of this draft, um, just yeah. kind of talk about some of the mistakes we made, some of the good picks we made and all yeah. of that. Um, a little bit of both. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. And so just, just for those who are unfamiliar, kind of our, our thought process here is basically we are an AD at a school, um, at a nameless school looking to make a hire. Um, we're making a five-year hire. So this is not like some people hire a guy for like, if you, if you had to hire a coach for one game that you have to mm-hmm. win, like this is right. because that, that takes out a huge part of their job, which is obviously recruiting and development, that type of thing. Right. Um, so this is a long-term hire that we're looking to make. Basically, who would we hire? Is that kind of how the way you view it? Like that's more or less. Yeah, I, I think the some people like they want to say like, oh, you know, he's he's a better he's a he's more of a game day coach. Like like yeah. you know maybe maybe he's he's he doesn't maybe have quite the talent, and that's unfortunate. But like he's actually a better coach. And I guess kind of where we're coming from is it's an overall health of the program. Like you're starting a program and you like, who do you want to lead? Like overall, like yep. Saban should, should, Saban should be the answer, you know, like even though yeah. he's maybe not the best X's and O's guy out there, he's, he's clearly the best CEO of a, of a program. If that right. makes sense. Yep. So yeah, basically we're both going to draft uh, 10, 10 coaches. We'll go back and yep. forth. I have, coin in my hand um, I'll just flip that we have we don't know who's picking first um, right. we haven't looked at each other's boards or anything so this is all fresh so yep. I'm assuming you're going tails tails never fails that's all right it is tails somehow I think yep. that's three years in a row you go first yep yep so I'm gonna take all the suspense off of it we're going with the greatest coach of all time his name is Nick Saban there's a reason why I mentioned him in the preview um, he, for no other reason than that, he is the greatest coach of all time. He lost a national championship. So what that happens? He has the best team in college football, probably in 2022, it looks like, or appears yep. that he does. So he's going to be right back in that conversation. Again, the level there, the level that he's sustained is, is unreal at this. I mean, it, it, it truly is incredible how he's adapted. And then like all these changes that have come in, he's adapted and then he's been the best at it. Like yeah. the portal stuff, the NIL stuff, everyone's like, you know, well, Saban doesn't want to change because then that'll mess him up. Like, no, <laughs> Saban's like issuing active threats to everyone else. Like, I'm just going to go off on you guys. I'm going to be like, I'll do it better than any of you is pretty much what he's saying. And he has. So credit to him. He's number one um, in, in the, the third annual coaches draft. Um, I, I like my board so far. Yeah, you know, I, I think I can see that that might be a good pick. <laughs> so, yeah, but like the 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 sport changes and he just adapts better than anybody. Um, yeah. With with the transfer portal, I mean, he brings in Jermaine Burton from Bama's biggest web uh, opponent in the SEC, right. um, and it looks like they might get Jordan Addison now. Like, maybe not, but like he, they're one of the favorites. So. I mean, that's insane. Anyway, moving on. We know we all we both know Nick Saban is the is the number one pick. That makes perfect sense. So it goes to me at number two. And I'm gonna take your guy. I'm gonna take Kirby Smart. Okay. Um, definitely the highest he's gone in any of our drafts. Um and it feels like a year ago he had everything except the actual 
final step, you know, uh, beating Alabama, winning a national title. Um, he, he, the recruiting is there, obviously, as good or better than anyone. Um, development is there. We just saw five players go in the first round from Georgia. Right. And now it's also showing on the field. And there's a chance that, you know, that, okay, so they did that with Stetson Bennett as a quarterback. Going forward, I don't think it's going to get worse. Like, I think it's going to get better at quarterback. Um, and they might never have another defense like they like we just saw because that's historic stuff. I think they're, they're going to continue to have top three defenses in the country, and I would imagine their offense just gets better going forward. The – yes. Kirby at two is very interesting just because – like, like where else should you put him? You know, like he's, he's like, well, I mean, seriously, it's, it's Kirby's an interesting case because like he has, he had all this, this off field success mm-hmm. and now like he, he won a bunch of games, but never the big ones. And then, yeah. In, in, a, in the span of like a month, you know, like the whole thing changes like the postseason. you know, like he beats mm-hmm. up on Michigan, then he beats Alabama, beats his, his mentor. Right. And, and wins national championship. Like, so many things were accomplished at once there, you know? And so, so now it's like, well, shoot, like why not him? Yeah. At the top of the list. And yeah. And so, so he's not, he's not saving territory yet. I mean, he is like, that's still, that's rarefied air. Like probably no sure. one will ever, ever get to where Saban's at. Like realistically, it is not a knock on anyone to say they are not at Saban's level. Absolutely not. It, he, he is the greatest of all time. Like I think yeah. what he's doing will not be done again. Saving this is and and mm-hmm. Kirby Kirby is doing an excellent job of trying to replicate that in yeah the best he can. I I've been critical of Kirby in the past. Maybe it's mm-hmm. been it has been frustrating. There are things about him that are frustrating. He's extremely stubborn, yes. extremely stubborn. Sure, and and that just drives you up a wall sometimes. Like why can't we change and be normal? Like like why can't <laughs> we have a good offense? Like like why are we slow? Like let's go. You know and and the, but you do have to like what about the wins? The wins matter on the field matters. Georgia wins a lot so you like that's that matters like that that's what you're what you're measured on um or measured by at the end so yeah kirby at two is interesting by the Um, way he's 46 years old like i'm making a hire that could last for a long time no he's young like he's one of three three active coaches to win a championship at their current school one of three that puts him with with saban and Dabo, and speaking of Dabo, we will roll right into pick number three. Okay. I will take, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take Dabo Sweeney. He's won two national championships at his current school. I was hoping because, you'd reach for someone else. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to, it's, he's, I think he's, I mean, two national championships at his current school. That does matter. Um, I mean, yeah, no one else has won any, you know, at their, at their current school. So, I, I like it with Dabo. I think last year it was a down year. Let's hope it was a fluke. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see to be determined on that. But I, the, what he's done for the space of, I mean, really the last decade has been really good. He's done a lot of winning there mm-hmm. and the quarterback play has been incredible overall. So like, they, yeah. And they had a number one recruit this past year with Kate Klubnick coming in. So the number one quarterback recruit. So they're going to be fine. I think they're going to win a lot more games. I think they'll win the ACC again this year, kind of get back on track. Um, that's my prediction. I'll go with Dabo at three. Okay. So I, I agree with you. I absolutely would have taken him here. Okay. Um, would you have gone him two, or would you have also gone Kirby at two? Kirby at two. Yeah. Okay. Kirby at two, I think is the play just. So our big board has been the same so far. I think so. Is that recency yeah. bias to have Kirby at two? Like what's the argument to have someone else there? Well, I mean, the the argument for Dabo would just be he has two titles and he's been doing this for a long time. But I think now that Kirby has actually done it, like yeah, that's that was the last hurdle. I mean, and he, yeah. you can you can deal with some of Kirby's stubbornness if he's going to provide you with the best roster in the country. Like and that's what he's going to do. Dabo is not unless he adapts, which he can't. Like he might be able to adapt, but I don't think Dabo is ever going to recruit at quite the same level. Um, might there's a chance that he might have like a better culture or whatever. Like I don't know, but I think it's. I don't think many people would disagree with us at this point. Saban, Kirby, Dabo. There is a sense too with Kirby Smart that this kind of 
opened the floodgates a little bit that yeah. this was the first of potentially many, you know, either SEC championships or national championships. Like, like there could be a lot more coming. Like we mentioned how young he is and how well they've recruited and how well he's positioned himself for go- yeah years down the line. So, and Dabo yeah, no, is also, Dabo is also only 52 years old. So he's not old. Um, he's 18 years younger than Nick Saban. And I could very easily see him doing this for another 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Agreed. You at four. All right. So I'm at four. And this is where it feels like it feels like there's a drop off to me. Um, maybe not like a year from now that might look silly. Um, but you're kind of projecting a little bit because <laughs> those are the three guys right there that have that have national titles, at their current stops. Everyone else is still looking for that. You could argue that everyone else has had seasons where they underperformed. Like, I don't know. Um, but I'm going to go, clearly I'm stalling here. I'm going to go ahead and do and take Ryan Day. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I think, and, and Ohio State is coming off of a bit of a disappointing season, um, 11 and two with a Rose Bowl win. <laughs> like, and, and I think they're going to be the second best team in the country this upcoming year. From the recruiting standpoint, Ryan Day is right next to Saban and Smart. Like he's the he's that top tier. Um, I would have him above Dabo just going forward recruiting wise. And they just got a commit from Dylan Rayola, uh, the number one quarterback in the class of 2024, um, according to 24/7. Maybe not the composite, but I think according to 24/7. Um, you know the offense is going to be ridiculous. And he just, we think he made a good hire this offseason at defensive coordinator. If that hire works out, Ohio State will be a top three program going forward for the foreseeable future. And with with Ryan Day, I think he, a lot of the stuff I've seen, they a lot of people have him lower because like sure. that's the that's actually the guy that I would like to have at five. Like I was yeah. hoping he would slip down there to five, but it's the right the right move is to take him at four because of the amount of winning, but not just that, the amount of players that he's had there. Like he's had cluster first rounders mm-hmm. at, at quarterback, at receiver, like positions that really matter and positions that, that if you are set at, you win a bunch. And this is, this is ultimately about winning. It's not a bad move to take him there. I would have enjoyed getting him there. The recruiting, can we just point out the recruiting, maybe not on defense, but the recruiting on offense is ridiculous. There oh right yeah. Now. Like, the receiving, the the quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Dylan Raiola, they they've had well, they had Quinn Ewers, then transfers out. Justin mm-hmm. Fields has been there. Like the amount of dudes that they've had there is is incredible, and it doesn't show any signs of stopping. So yeah, nothing wrong with with Ryan Day at four, which leaves me with all kinds of trouble at five. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I let's see. Okay, <clears throat> so some of the names I'm just thinking about. Let's just. Let's just throw them out there and just talk about this because I'm sure. not quite I'm not quite ready here. Lincoln yeah. Riley, Lincoln yeah. Riley at USC. Mm-hmm. Don't like don't hate that he's in the conversation. Jimbo Fisher just signed the biggest or the best class of all time, right? Yeah. He's won a national championship, not at yep. his current stop, but he has won one, has mm-hmm. experience, right? Jim Harbaugh actually beat Ryan Day and went to the playoff. Yep, and seems to be trending up as well. That's a name. I'm, I've always been more of a Harbaugh guy. You, yeah. You're a famous like Harbaugh hater. So <laughs> like I can wait on Harbaugh for a number of picks and still get him later. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to avoid him, but like Brian Kelly, LSU, like he's probably a step lower. So, okay. I'm pretty much between Jimbo and Lincoln Riley. And who would I want at number five? Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Where, where would you, where would you be leaning? Where would you be leaning? What are your thoughts? This is tough. I, I don't know that I want to necessarily reveal because I'm still, I'm still working through some of this and some of this is just strategy. Like who can I get later right. <laughs> that Ashton won't take? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, it's tough going forward um, because it does feel mm-hmm. like we have a pretty big pool. You could argue from five to 20. You really yeah. could. Yeah. Um, and so some of this is just going to be personal preference, take a chance on a guy, 
Um, or do you take an established guy? Like, <laughs> there's so many ways to go with this. I, I'm not going to be much help here to you because okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to reveal my big board. We can talk okay. about it after you make the pick or after I make okay. my pick, whatever. All right. I'm going with Lincoln Riley at five. Okay. Um, I kind of feel good about it. Kind of not. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has probably the highest bust potential of anyone that we've talked about so far. Like, yeah. is that fair sure. enough? He has the, 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 the most downside, but he, he has so, probably one of the highest ceilings of any coach like yeah. Lincoln Riley at USC, if it works could be glorious. Mm-hmm. And it could also end up like, like Lane Kiffin ended up or Sarkeesian ended up where it wasn't Sark like drunk and he got fired. Like, cause he like showed up to like a thing when he was drunk. He had like, some, I think that was, yeah. Was it like substance abuse? Something, something like yeah. I could, I could see Lincoln Riley like going that whole thing, kind of going that direction. Ashton is reporting that Lincoln Riley no, is no, drunk. No, no, I'm just saying that, like, it's very volatile. It feels very volatile yeah. with Lincoln Riley, but I'm still taking him at five. Um, I like the pick. I think the quarterback development, quarterback development, is why I'm taking him where he's at. I sure. think he'll do good, good things with Caleb Williams. I think he's always going to have a five-star playing for him, especially in South Carolina. Um, or, sorry, in, in that's USC. The USC. The other USC, the real why USC. Am, why am I getting those two mixed up? Southern well, California. South Carolina also goes by USC, well, but no, no one else in the country does. No one else, Everyone U- else in the country knows that Southern Cal is USC. The real <laughs> USC is in Los Angeles. We all know that. That's where Lincoln Riley is. And even though he did say – I will. He did say that if Georgia played in the Big 12, they wouldn't have a top five defense nationally. He did say that. Um, <laughs> I'm taking him anyway. It, like, even though, like, just what garbage for one, like, what garbage that is and what a bad take that proved to be. But it, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm going with a guy who has never won a playoff game, <laughs> which is, that's not great. That's not great. I'm trying to talk myself into this. You can hear me. Um, yes, we are sticking with Lincoln Riley at five. Because he's going to win a playoff game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, th- this is a bit of a long play because USC is, even with all the transfers that have come in, like there's still a bit of a, like there's some weaknesses there. there oh, there's, some, there's some holes in the foundation. But oh, yeah. five years from now, it might be humming along at Pete Carroll levels. It really might. If Lincoln Riley had Jim Knowles as his defensive coordinator and Ryan yeah. Day had Alex Grinch, I probably would have gone Lincoln Riley at four. Um, yeah. Right. But I think I think Riley is probably the right call at five. Don't hate it at all. It it there's some bust potential, but also it's USC, and I feel like it'll be ten percent easier to recruit there than it was at Oklahoma. And there's such a high ceiling. I I totally understand the pick because there's no perfect picks left. Like there's nobody without bust potential left. Correct. Correct. Is that who you would have went with? At five? I think so. I. That, I'm pretty sure that's where I would have where I've gone. I this is tough. Like I think okay. I don't like that I have the sixth pick. <laughs> like none of these. I don't know. Like I feel like I I want to skip about three picks and then go on because some of these next picks are feel almost like they would be reaches anywhere. But yeah, I sort of feel like I have to go Jimbo Fisher at six. I'll just, I'm just gonna do it. Okay. I don't love it because. There's just there's there's big worries here. Like eh, on game day, Jimbo Fisher, I don't know, man. Like I barely trust him to walk my dog. Like it's bad. It, but like I said with Kirby, if you recruit at a certain level, you can deal with some of the other stuff. And we're down to six. I think I have to go Jimbo Fisher. I mean, the recruiting last year. Honestly, it's been several years. Like they've been recruiting in a top seven level for a while. And it just so happened this last year, it, it all of a sudden exploded number one class in the country. I don't know what it will look like going forward, but I would have to assume it'll still be at a very high level. Um, NIL is not going to hurt Texas A&M's recruiting. Um, <laughs> and it so, hasn't, by the way. Yeah, it hasn't. This is, this is more just the talent play. Like I think Jimbo Fisher will bring them incredible talent. If I was making a hire for Ball State, like I don't know that I would love this love this pick. But but right. we're assuming that I'm I'm drafting for a school that's looking to win national titles and Jimbo Fisher can bring talent to a school like that. Okay. Is there 
is there any concern just of the the lack of well okay it's been kind of a turnstile there as far as coordinators um yeah. he's had there's been a lot it's 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 very volatile. Like we can say that with, with really with, with Jimbo and with Lincoln Riley, they're both very volatile guys. And probably the reason why we do have them so far is that like the ceiling's high, the ceiling's yeah. high oh, yeah. for these dudes, very high. And you can see them winning a national championship in two years. Wouldn't surprise you at all. And you could see both of them fired in two years. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you at all. Whereas like the guys ahead of them, like they're not getting fired. They're not going anywhere. Like yeah. say Saban Kirby, like, yeah, like, even Dabo, like they're Dabo's not going. None of those guys are going right. anywhere. And these these guys we don't know. Yeah. So uh, that leaves me. Am I at seven? I yep. don't like that's right. Okay. Seventh pick. So between Harbaugh, Harbaugh or Brian Kelly. Um. So I'm reading something here. It says Brian Kelly is an ace recruiter. Like, should we just make that up? Like, for, <laughs> who said that? This is on CBS. Like. He's an ace recruiter. Okay. That's news to everyone. Yeah. Um, Brian Kelly does a lot of winning. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Brian Kelly. I think Brian okay. Kelly at LSU has a higher ceiling than Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Um, I'll go Brian Kelly at seven. I really, cause I don't think you're going to take Harbaugh next so i think i can actually get harbaugh pick later because you hate harbaugh so much um so i'm gonna go brian kelly at seven uh don't love it don't hate it but it, it's kind of where he should be going like a guy that yeah. wins that much should be going in the top 10 and and seven's not outrageous for him he's going to he's going to get players at lsu by default simply because like people want like kids want to go to lsu yeah. like that's a cool school to go to and maybe, maybe he can actually kind of like pick up the recruiting a little bit. Like we know that Notre Dame has, has had an uptick since he's gone and Freeman's taken over. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I would I almost feel I, like I believe in him. There's almost less bust potential with Kelly than the two before him. For sure. But no not doubt. as high a ceiling, probably. No doubt. The Brian Kelly is going to go 10 and two so many times at LSU. Like that's going to happen just like, yeah, like eight eight of the next ten years if he stays there that long. Like, yeah, they're going to go ten and two, which is good. Yeah, you just have like especially have the SEC West. <laughs> that's a meat grinder of a schedule that they have, and they're going to go ten and two a bunch. So, yeah, like, are you okay with that? Like, how happy are you? Like, Rick got fired. Mark Rick got fired because he went ten and two. Yeah. You know, like, so at what point does it like does that not become good enough? Because mm-hmm. Saban has a tendency of running other coaches out. Like, it's you know, sure. it's tough tough to stay there but anyway i'm sticking with brian kelly i know i've been like wishy-washy all over the place sticking with brian kelly at seven i i'll just say this so i'm I'm a notre dame fan obviously i have every reason to hate brian kelly right i would take kelly over harbaugh every day twice on sundays and what are what is kelly's main shortcoming it's recruiting recruiting Recruiting. yeah He's recruited just as good or better than Harbaugh. And and I trust him more with a lot of the other things. Um is it is it maybe because like Brian Kelly feels kind of like an outsider of college football, whereas Harbaugh is the ultimate football guy. Whereas Brian Kelly feels more like a like a kind of like a suit. Like he's more like a suit that kind of got a coaching gig. Um, kind of like a northeasterner that's sure like, he's kind of he's stuffy he's a little he has a, stuffy. He has a he's, background in politics he's not the most relatable he's not he's yeah like whereas yeah like harbaugh just like he was born like he wears cleats to like freaking practice or whatever yeah. like what's he doing in the cleats? but like yeah like the khakis and like the whole like the like the sweater with the whistle that he's always wearing like it, it works for harbaugh and he yeah. feels more like a football guy whereas kelly feels like kind of cold maybe Sure. I, I do think we've talked a lot this offseason about how this is a huge upcoming season for Clemson. Yeah. I think this is also a huge upcoming season for Michigan and not okay. necessarily like, like if they go eight and four, like, Oh, that's some horrible thing. Yeah. But I do think that probably caps their momentum and recruiting going forward. Like an eight and four type of season would, it would almost make it feel like they might slide into that nine to 10 win slot going forward, which is pretty good. And honestly, that's been historic Michigan. Um, right. Bo right. Schembechler never won a national title, but he won a lot of Big Ten titles. And that, you know, that's that's historically that's what Michigan is. They're a very good 
team who doesn't actually win the national title. So, so you're not taking Harbaugh at eight? I am not going to take Jim Harbaugh at eight. Okay. okay. Um, I know who you're taking. Please. Okay. Who are you taking at eight? I am going to take Luke Fickle. Okay. All right. So I'm taking Luke Fickle. Um, it was him or two other guys. Like I, I have three guys kind of that I like about same, about the same for this, for this exercise. Um, okay. Fickle, I feel like might be Brian Kelly, but better. Um, just as far as the stability factor. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious, like, are we going to see this again? Like, are we, because he had the one interim year at Ohio State 10 years ago when they went six and six. And that was, you know, that was totally like, who knows? Who right. know, like, but what he's done at Cincinnati is it continues to impress me. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious what he would do at a Notre Dame or a Michigan or an Ohio State. Um, even like a Michigan State. Like, I, I think he would do really well. I think mm-hmm. if Notre Dame had hired him instead of Marcus Freeman, the future would be bright. Like, I think that would have been a very good hire. Okay. You, you like, you like Marcus Freeman over fickle though. Like if you had to choose. We'll talk more about it later. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, okay. Where am I? I'm at nine. Right. I'm at yes. Nine. The ninth. Okay. Pick. Give me Dave Aranda. Ah, that was he, one of he, my three. Yeah, up and comer. I know his his record as a head coach is 14 and 9, so it might seem like I'm a bit high on him, but he inherited a train wreck at Baylor. They were not very good at football at all, and he won the Big 12. Yeah. That's like he won the Big 12. That's huge. Um beat Oklahoma. Like like he's 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 had some check mark um yeah, like he really has. He's really kind of come and kind of ticked off the boxes. He was he was a defensive coordinator at LSU, right? Like yeah. he's had some SEC experience. They're not going to the SEC. Baylor's going to stay in the Big 12. But with Oklahoma leaving, Texas leaving, there's no reason why he can't be the guy in the Big 12 for a lot of years to come. Yeah. I like Dave Aranda there. I, I understand the record is still like it is what it is. He had a uh, kind of a rough first year with not many wins, but mm-hmm. his second year like was was good. Like, he had a really good year. So the, yeah, I, I like where he's at. I like the direction that, he, that he's got them on, the trajectory. Give me Dave Aranda at nine. Love it. Um, love the pick. I think in a way that the, the rough first year is almost a point in his favor, considering how he responded to that. Right. He totally right. changed his philosophy. They went from being the most like the most conservative fourth down team in the country to going forward almost the most, or at least when the, when the analytics said they should and, and opened up the offense a little bit. Um, this off season, he wasn't afraid to name um, Blake Shapin, the starting quarterback over Jerry Bohannon. He yeah. did that already. Yeah. That's yes. Crazy. And, and he did it in a way that allowed Bohannon to transfer and start somewhere else this year. Right. And you could argue that, that might hurt them this year and it might, but I think like there's something to be said, especially in this era where where your players can just leave at mm-hmm. the drop of a hat. There's right. something to be said for the coach who treats his guys with respect, has integrity, um, and you know all those things that our dads love. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, and and does it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And Dave right. Aranda, he's already proven he can make good hires. He's already proven he can adapt, and he's already proven. He will. He'll do it the right way, and so the one one of the big reasons why I like okay, so I took him over Harbaugh, right? Harbaugh's still on the yeah. board. Harbaugh just went to the playoff and won the Big Ten. Sure, but like I feel like with Aranda, I feel like Aranda has a higher upside there. Yeah, I think the floor is probably about the same, and so and I'm getting the younger guy and the guy that has maybe a little bit more more momentum behind mm-hmm. him right now. Um, he's maybe just a little bit more, yeah, liked um, in some of the circles. Like example, like with what he did with with Bohannon, allowing Bohannon to exit. Yes. After, I mean, like he gets to kind of exit gracefully, go somewhere else, and have time to acclimate to a new offense. He did good for the kid, not necessarily good for his program, but he did good for the kid. And, and like that matters. I think kids will feel taken care of by mm-hmm. him and by that program. Good for him. Um, good for them. Good for Baylor for getting him there. Um, yeah, f- feeling confident about his future there. 
Is there so, any chance he's the next Dabo Sweeney and Baylor is the next Clemson? We're always trying to name the next Clemson. Like, I think we're always <laughs> right. looking for that. Like, remember, I think Dan Mullen, he's like, we're going to try to build kind of like Clemson does. Pretty much mm-hmm. that means is that, like, you're not going to recruit great at the beginning. Yeah. And you know what? Like, you know what's better than not recruiting great at the beginning is recruiting really great at the beginning. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I think it's a little overrated is, like, the whole building slow. Like, sometimes just building sure. fast. Like, recruiting, like, yeah. what Marcus Freeman is doing. That's the yeah. right thing. That's the right way to do it. So, yep. like, I don't know if I want to go there. But he he's doing a lot of winning early on. So, like, that all signs are positive. He The recruiting, he's in Texas. I mean, it'd be nice if he could, like, bump that up a little bit, if you're especially if you're going to be in a top 10 coach yeah. like in college football that needs to take an like a, a, a kind of a bit of a yeah he needs a bump he needs a bump there that's 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 yeah. okay to say but i think he can do it like i believe in mm-hmm. him he's around a lot of talent um i feel confident i feel confident with him at at nine i really like to pick and by the way in the future we will be seeing fickle and aranda battle it out for the big 12 um, correct so and correct. i think they might be the two kings of the big 12 going forward right um so at 10 um Dude, I'm just going to do it. Like, at looking at these options, by far the highest ceiling I see left, Marcus Freeman. I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, and purely the reason I took Fickle over him was because I knew you wouldn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has been, like, everything I expected him to be when, when Kelly left and they hired Marcus Freeman. Um, and in some ways more. Like... Yeah, our our coaching grades that we handed out, I gave him an A, and yeah. that was just because I fully expected him to recruit at an extremely high level, and somehow he's managed to like. I I think maybe he's recruiting at a higher level than I expected. Like sure, it's sure. insane. Oh yeah. Um. And there's a chance. I there's a chance that it doesn't work out like on game days. I guess. Yeah, right. But I'm telling you, like, I, I really, I, I think that Notre Dame just got their Kirby smart. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. It, it would seem that way early on. Um, like, recruits know first. We talk about that, like, literally yep. all the time. We always talk about how, like, the recruits know, like, the momentum of a program. And, like, I'm surprised. Like, I wasn't huge on him initially. And he has, I think he's impressed. Of all the first-year head coaches, he's gotten off to the best start like start, start. So, and like recruiting, he's just hit the ground running there. Number one overall class are trending for a bunch more of like yeah. four stars and some five stars in there. And yep. like they're trending for him and in the, they're in the, they're like in the neighborhood of those guys. So yeah, credit to him and don't hate the pick. It may be a bit early for a guy that's never sure. coached a game sure. ever, <laughs> ever. Like and yeah, this is his first head coaching job. So uh, he's a defensive coordinator before, but yeah, don't, don't hate the pick. Definitely a ton of upside. That's probably why you took him. Yeah. It's 100% about the upside. Um, and everything like it's, it's insane. Like I still don't know that I've heard anything negative about the guy and that's, right. that's from current players. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a brand new issue for Notre Dame this year where every year, you know, bunch of guys jump in the portal or even before that bunch of guys transferred in the summer and Notre Dame assumed before the May 1st deadline, they would lose some guys because, you know, there's some, there's some positions that are just overstocked on the roster as most colleges are that are in a fairly healthy spot. Um, literally nobody jumped in the portal before the deadline. They, they're over, <laughs> they're over their number on scholarships, which is never an issue. Like there's always people online that worry about it. There's always fans that worry about the scholarship number because you have to be at 85 um, by the time the season starts. It's never been an issue because like, there's always people that leave and it probably still will work itself out, but literally nobody left. And I think it, it's just like, there's a, there's a new energy. Nobody wants to leave this um, at this point. And you know, fall camp comes and they'll see their fourth in the depth chart and they'll leave. Like somebody will leave, but it's just, it's different right now. Um, And I I predicted that he, of all the first year head coaches this year, all the new hires this year, that he would finish this this season with the third best recruiting class behind USC and LSU. That might happen. He's just as likely to finish first. I mean, yeah, 
He's yeah. about as likely to finish first in the country as he is to finish seventh. Like literally, uh, it's, it's, it's insane. And like I said, it, he might have to grow into the role. He will have to grow into the role, but if he continues recruiting like this, it's a little bit, even like I said, with Aranda, like he seems to do it with integrity and like has great, great communication skills and okay. So it's been a thing for years. Notre Dame spouts their four for 40 thing with recruits. Like it's a four year, it's not a four year decision. It's a 40 year decision. Um, and I, I was listening to a podcast today, some Notre Dame beat guys. They said like the first time they heard him explain it, somehow he explained it better than anyone else ever had to them, even though he's like <laughs> brand new. Like right. he's, he's just that he's that guy. I don't know. I, I've talked too long about him. I have a man crush, apparently. Anyway, <laughs> where would there, you have taken Marcus Freeman? No, hi. Hi is okay. the answer, because a guy that's doing what he's doing right now like the winds will follow. So yeah. he's not like, he's not, yeah, it's not like he's just going to flunk out there. Like there will be a learning curve as far as in-game coaching game day sure. scenarios and stuff that there will be a learning curve there. So what, so what you, you, you can yeah. figure that out. Um, it really helps when you have a lot of really good players Yeah, <laughs> and like, he's taking care of the hard part first. He's doing the hard part now. Um, yeah. He's, he's turned me into a bit of a believer in him. I'm yeah, I'm not quite as far gone maybe as sure. You. Like I'm I'm holding sure. a few reservations <laughs> until I at least see him coach a game or two. But there is no doubt that a guy that can bring energy to your program is is so much fun to have, especially when you have you come from like Kelly, who is like kind of stuffy and like oh, yeah. kind of like just kind of just he had kind of a sour attitude in general, like he was chewing guys out on the sideline. And whereas this guy is like a player's coach a little bit more. And, and just people feel good when he's around. And like, I think that's kind of what, what, what Dabo has. It's kind of what um, Kirby and Ryan day have. And it's what you, it's what you need. It's what you need from one of those guys. Notre Dame has always been easy to hate and Brian Kelly just made them doubly. So um, correct. And Marcus correct. Freeman, yep. Marcus Freeman is the opposite of that. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Agreed. You at 11. Yep. So I'm going to stick with Harbaugh there. Kind of, it's kind of, like what's left on the, on the big board. He won the big 10 this year. Yep. He went to the playoff this year and beat Ohio state. These are, I mean, huge things for a Michigan head coach, massive. And I'm just going to say, imagine if he beats Ohio state next year, they're going to go to the shoe. They're going to be underdogs. I understand all of that. If they do beat them, like the whole thing changes. Suddenly we think about Ryan Day way differently. And we think about Harbaugh way sure. differently. And he's just one one game away away from that, really. So, sure. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take him there. He's not in the top ten. He's at eleven now. This kind of feels where maybe he should be. I don't think mm -hmm. he's quite. He doesn't have quite the the top end ceiling that that the guys in the top top ten had. The top five had. He's a step. He's a step below that. I think we agree on that. But I like him there at eleven. I think he's he's a very solid football coach. I think he's a better NFL coach, maybe than even a college coach. Um, and, but I think, I think the recruiting is, I think he he's beginning to get that figured out. I think the recruiting, it's been a little slow, mm -hmm. but I think he, I think he will be able to, to run this playoff appearance into, and he'll be able to transition that into uh, a few more five stars for him. Sure. Um, I could see that. Um, I do think that the whole Vikings job thing hurt him um michigan's recruiting has been really bad this offseason considering they just went to a playoff and beat ohio state um doesn't mean it can't turn around like it might turn around it's scary like i i would be kind of terrified if i was a michigan fan um think <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah Okay, so me at 12, um, I'm going to go ahead and take a guy who I think you might have a man crush on, and rightly so. I'm taking Sam Pittman, Arkansas. Um, two years ago, Arkansas was trash, quite frankly. They had like one SEC win in three years or something, um, and he made great hires and up recruiting and hit the portal hard and has just turned them completely around. They're a top 15 team, and let's not underestimate how – hard that can be at a place like Arkansas like heck of a job 
just saying. And I know it's like different, uh, different paths and different styles, even maybe to a certain extent, but he feels a little bit like a, like an older Marcus Freeman to me. <laughs> like just the, he, the energy and like how he just bleeds his school, that type of thing. That's his dream job. You know, like, yeah, he's, he was an offensive line coach before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he came there and was just laughed at, you know, cause he kind of talks funny and he's slow and like, ah, like this guy has no chance, dude. This guy <laughs> has no, everyone, he was just roundly laughed at. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's incredible what he's done there. You, when you say they were bad, they were garbage so before bad. he got there. They were absolutely terrible. And mm-hmm. like, they're a top 15 team now, like mm-hmm. legitimate, legitimate top 15 team in the SEC West. Like, yeah. do you know how hard that is to do? Like, <laughs> like, there's a lot of really, like, there's conference winners that wouldn't be top 15 if they played in the SEC West. Yeah. That's legitimate. Like, I'm serious. You yeah. think Pittsburgh is finishing the top 15 if they have to play that meat grinder? No. no, no, they're not going to. They won the ACC last year. So, yeah, I've, it's unbelievable what he's done. You say I have a man crush on the guy. Probably do. Um, yeah, it's Georgia can't hire him. We can't have two head coaches. Um, but yeah. he was, he was an assistant there for us for, um, for a number of years and did an excellent job. Really glad to see him succeed. He feels like he's one of the good guys in yeah. college football and he's succeeding. Um, you're right. You're, you are a bum <laughs> for taking my pick. I was hoping he would hold out. He did not. Um, yeah, that up and coming too. like, like he yeah. has, he's done a really good job of, of hanging on to those, those really good coordinators. Mm-hmm. And the, like the, the portal talent, like he, he got Jaden Hazelwood, like former five-star from Oklahoma out of the portal. Um, like he he's hit on some of the guys that he's had there. KJ Jefferson, like has become, is be kind of becoming a star a little bit there for them in that, in that kind of that run first zone read offense. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of the, just the way he does it fan of the whole thing bummed out that I can't take him. Um, which leaves me at 13. Is yes, that right? I'm at right. 13. And so I will go with Mr. Consistency, Kyle Whittingham okay. from Utah. Um, the, he won the, the, um, the Pac-12 this past year, made a Rose Bowl appearance. He has been the model of stability for a mm-hmm. long time at a place that maybe isn't thought of as kind of an elite school. Um, but he's getting elite results at that school. Uh, the, the results yeah. he's getting there, he's putting up impressive numbers. Um, yeah, he, yeah, a fan of the way he does things. We're, we're talking about like personal preference kind of, and sure. like guys that are doing things the right way. Um, he is, he's one of the guys that's doing things the right way. This is, this is no Hugh Freeze that we're dealing with here. This yeah. is a guy that is, he's, he's dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and is consistently getting results at a place that's that's not really thought of as a football school. So I'll sure. take him at 13 um, simply because the floor is so high. Yeah, I have zero argument with that. Solid pick. Um, yeah, Utah might be the favorite in the Pac-12, which is saying something. Like, that's that's a really he's, – he's done such a good job. Um, and that's probably who I would have picked next, by the way. So okay. now, we're, now we're maybe – once again, I, f- I feel like we keep taking each other's picks at least half the time. Um, boy, yeah, th- this is again. We're okay, so we're looking at Mark Stoops, um, Campbell, Ferentz. There's some other names I really like: Mac Brown, Mario Cristobal, yeah, um, Lane Kiffin. Even has to enter your mind here. Can we get some James Franklin love? Anyone? Anyone? No? Maybe. <laughs> no? Okay. No. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Fair I enough. might let you take him. I don't know. We'll okay. see. Okay. Um, again, we're out of the – it feels like we're getting more and more flawed as we go. And yeah. some of these guys have super high ceilings. And some of them have super high floors. And yep. there's no great combination of the two. I'm going to go ahead and take Mark Stoops. Um, okay. Almost the Sam Pittman of Kentucky. Um, Kentucky football for all, for as long as I could remember, it was always very mediocre at best, like nothing special. Um, and he turned them into, I mean, honestly, they're the second most consistent team in the SEC East, right? Yes. Yeah. And 
and they're a tough out for anybody. They're correct. Correct. Even Georgia didn't just like poop them out and sit on them. <laughs> I mean, like they, they beat them solidly because Georgia is just that much more talented than Kentucky. But yeah, a week after just crapping all over Will Levis on this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and take his team. <laughs> I'll take Mark. Uh, I'll take his, his coach. I should say um, Mark Stoops um, kind of like Whittingham, just solid pick. Uh, probably nothing spectacular, but we'll go with him. We weren't we weren't just pooping all over Will Levis. We were saying that he's not the number one overall Correct. pick for next yes. year. That's yes. not ridiculous to say. That's a- absolutely. Not, that's not. I know, and we got some hate for it. We don't like that hate because we're correct on this. Let's go. <laughs> we'll revisit this in one year. Will yes. Levis will be nowhere near the top ten, and that doesn't mean that he's a bad person. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's not a top 10 overall prospect. So yeah, exactly. Rant rant over. Thank you for what you said there. Um, Stoops, (laughs) the the job that he's done at Kentucky is, is admirable. He's maybe not quite as flashy as what Pittman is. Pittman's Pittman's like low key flashy at, at Arkansas. He's kind of, he's kind of flamboyant. He's kind of out there. He's having like all these cool interviews. He goes on Scott Van Pelt, you know, like, like Mark Stoops is kind of under the radar, but they're physical. They beat you up. Um, and they are, they're, they're probably, they're the second most consistent team in the East. They could, you could argue that they have the best chance of anyone to, to kind of upset Georgia. I think a lot of people are looking at Florida and Tennessee kind of as those guys, mm-hmm. Kentucky is Georgia, Georgia players and coaches will tell you that that's the most physical game that they play all year. Yeah. Like that's the one that they, they get beat up on. Right. And, and, yeah, like that's saying something. That means that they have a lot of respect for that. Um, yeah, just for that for that group. So, yeah, like the pick, like the pick with him there. Back to me. So where where do I go after number this? Number fifteen is number fifteen. Three yeah. three apiece left. Okay. Let's see if we can pick up the pace here just a little bit as we go towards the back end of the top twenty here. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> this this always takes us forever. I know. Yes. So much preference. I'm yes. going to go with Mel Tucker, though, at Michigan State. Okay. No, another former Georgia assistant that left and is doing great things at Michigan State. They were not very good when he got there. Right. And other than the fact that they got blown out by Ohio State, mm-hmm. like they beat Michigan last year. They had they had a lot of really good wins. They went to a, um, a top-notch bowl game. I think they went to the Sugar Bowl, if I mm-hmm. remember, or Peach Bowl. Maybe it was the Peach Bowl. I think they went to the Peach. And, yeah, like – that's a huge improvement for Michigan State. I like what he's doing there. He's continuing to add through the portal. Um, yeah, just I'm a fan of that. Uh, that's yeah. that's really good. He's getting some athletes up there finally. Um, I think that was that was much needed. He's having to kind of revamp that roster, sure. and um, which is going to take some time. But he had he had a lot of wins in his first year there, um, and that matters. Wins matter. So yes, <laughs> give me give me Mel Tucker going forward. Yes, definitely. He was one of those names that I was thinking about. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take your next pick and take Mario Cristobal. Um, mostly just for the upside, um, recruiting upside. And I feel like he's a little bit, he's got some Jimbo Fisher to him. Um, I don't know that I always love the game day stuff. Um, some of the offensive philosophy maybe, but he's going to give you a really good roster. And I think at Miami, yeah, like they need to, they need to get back to the, to the place where they're recruiting at least top 15 rosters and he might make a top 10. So this goes to me at 17. Is that yes. right? 17 second, to last pick Lane Kiffin. Okay. Lane Kiffin. So, so I, I picked Kyle Whittingham two picks ago. Yes. This, this is completely the opposite. You run <laughs> completely the other way. Yes. That's Lane Kiffin's way over on that side. Um, the, I can't dude. It's interesting. You got to say that, that he can freaking coach yeah, offense. He can like the def- the defense we're still working on. Okay. Yeah. We're still working <laughs> on the defense. He can, he can really coach up an offense. He can score points. And if you give him a good quarterback and a talented quarterback, which we think he has again, after corrals left, we think Jackson dart might be the next guy, right? There's no reason why they can't win a lot more football games. And yeah, yeah I, would I, would I trust him with my program? <laughs> Not so much, maybe not so much. We would have, there would be people, we would have people that would keep with him, you know, just like double checking kind of behind him, making sure we're not cheating or anything, but there's, there's, he's got baggage. We'll just say that 
He's got baggage. Sure. But the talent is so much with him that I do have to take him. I'll take a flyer on him at 17. Yeah. If you could have him uh, coach on game day and have Mario Cristobal build your roster, you're winning the national title. <laughs> Every year. Every year. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. I, I love his play call. It's so much fun. Like, his offense is so fun to watch. Maybe that's why he gets yeah. me. Okay, so me at 18, my second to last pick here. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Billy Napier, um, who I actually almost prefer over Crystal Ball in some ways because I feel like he might be he might be the same thing recruiting-wise, mm. but might be better on game day. Um, mm. I think there's a, such a high – I just have a high opinion of him. He's one of those coaches that I, I feel like I had a pretty high opinion of him, of him when Florida hired him, but I feel like he's, he's nailed the offseason – in a similar way, but not quite as obvious as Marcus Freeman. Um, like I, I think for Notre Dame, it's been it's been you've seen it already in the commits that have happened. Mm-hmm. With Florida, I almost see it, some in the commits, but almost more just in the fact that they are in the conversation for everybody. Like they are beating the bushes. He's he's changed the culture there in a lot of ways. Okay, that's a catchphrase that I kind of hate, <laughs> but like I'm so and I apologize for using it. But truly, going from Dan Mullen to, to to Billy Napier is a pretty big change, and I think that Florida will be better for it. Dan Mullen is the worst, man. Dan <laughs> Mullen is the worst. Let's not. Let's just take a moment to poo-poo him a little bit on this spot. Um, yeah, no, maybe a little high for me with Napier. Okay. Um, I would probably. So this this is me at nineteen. This is my last pick. Yes. Um, that that I will get to have. I'm between two. Both are tough. I'm between uh, Brent Venables, Oklahoma, and Shane Beamer at South okay. Carolina. I think they both have done outstanding jobs um, before. Like, and then so Venables has no experience, which is kind of like yeah. not sure about that. The job Shane Beamer has done at South Carolina is 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 incredible. I think uh, the 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 transfers, if for no other no other reason than the transfers alone, he has brought that energy there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same deal as Freeman. He's the, he's one of those guys that brings juice to a program. Yep. It's, it wasn't a great, he, he didn't have a, just a great set of circumstances when he got there and he's changing those credit to him. All that said, I'm going to go with Brent Venables as my, okay. as, as pick number 19 in my last pick in this draft. Um, I think he can, I think he can win the big 12. I think he can win the big 12 this year. Let's not forget. He's at Oklahoma. Um, I, yeah, I yeah. I really liked his defenses at Clemson. I thought they were outstanding. I think Clemson will will miss him. Yeah. I, they're gonna they're gonna miss his his mind his just his mindset. Yeah, and like just the yeah. defensive strategy. I I think he can really, I think he can do a lot of damage in a Big Twelve. And yeah. excited to see how that kind of all plays out with him, um, Aranda, and and soon he's gonna have to go to the SEC, right? Like if he does well, he's gonna have to yeah. soon go to the SEC. And how does that go? Like interesting. Yeah, I don't know, but. Feel good with him. I, this is late round, right? We're going kind of yep. this is preference, and you're projecting a bit. We are. We're doing sure. a lot of projecting because he's never coached a game yet. But I like him there at 19. It's a bit disappointing that I figured I could steal him at 20. Um, okay, but you yep. took him. That's um, right. That was my next pick, and I, right. I guess I should have taken him and said and left Napier for my last pick. Um, you should have. I would never have but, taken Napier. No okay. Sense. All right. I, I like the pick of Venables. He's. In a way, he's Marcus Freeman without quite as many results right now, which is kind of what I said about Napier. Right. Um, I think all three of those hires could end up being excellent. Now, obviously, it's college football, so one of them will get fired in three years because he sucked. But <laughs> like, like they all they all feel like they could work to me. So I like the pick. Yeah. The thing that's that's tough is there's only so many wins to go around. Yes. You know, like yes. we have. So we picked Jimbo. We picked Saban, we picked Pittman, and we mm-hmm. picked uh, Kiffin, and that's all in the SEC West. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's four guys in the SEC. Like someone's losing those games, and then we're going to be like, "Well, he sucks. Let's fire him." You know? Yeah. So yeah, no, I I get it. That's that's the nature of the beast. But mm-hmm. you do have to take flyers on guys. Like you do have to like like I I believe in this guy, and that's kind of what hiring a coach is. It is still a gamble because you don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know how it's all going to work out, but you can you could you kind of control what you can control and then hope that he can figure out the rest, I guess. Some of this is luck. Like all these first, first year hires, one of them is going to lose two games unluckily and lose two recruits because of it. So they, they're 
3% worse the next year and lose a game they shouldn't have. And then it just, it snowballs that way. Like, and then you, you know, you lose two more recruits. Like I think three years from now, one of, one of these guys that we think is going to be a huge hit is going to recruit the 18th best class in the country when his, his fan base expected the eighth best class in the country. And they're going to go eight and four instead of 10 and two. And that's going to pretty much the writing will be on the wall at that point. Um, and it's going to be hard to recover from that. that. That's the way I see this. Like this is, that's the way one of these does not work out in my opinion. So you're, so you're predicting that Billy Napier gets fired in two years. Is that what you just said? Is that I did not say that. I think okay. he's, I think it's possible, but okay. All right. I would All right. put, I would put crystal ball as probably just as likely possibly Venables. I don't know. Like who okay. knows, man, I, okay. it sure. could be Marcus Freeman. I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You so for my last pick, um, I'm just going to go back to like just taking the best coach I can. I'm going to take Matt Campbell, um, Iowa State, um, yeah. because you took the you took kind of the high, the high ceiling guy. I'm going to go ahead and take Campbell, who built again, kind of like uh, our Mark Stoops pick, our Kyle Whittingham pick, um, yeah. Sam Pittman. Um, he took Iowa State, who was trash. I mean, so bad has never been good. They've never yeah. been good, and they're just consistently very solid now. They, for a second there, like going, was it going into maybe last year where we we kind of thought, you know, they, they might be a top ten like playoff sleeper. Yeah, and yeah. that was never that was never fair to Iowa State. Like, right, you just don't have the horses to do that. But but he's done such a good job. I think he's just the best coach left on the board. So I'll take him here. Yeah, no, don't hate the pick. Um, he's, yeah, model of consistency, stability, uh, and someone who, like, complete trust. Sure. Like, you completely trust Matt Campbell, whereas some of these other guys, like Kiffin, Kiffin, you're not sure. Like, we, mm-hmm. like, we think we like him, but we're not sure. And, yeah, Campbell, you just, you trust 100% because, yeah, just the way he treats people. Like, you can see it, in, like, when his kids were graduating, like, some of those seniors that graduated, and, like, they had been through so much together, and, like, it was his first recruiting class there, I think. Yeah. And, like, they were leaving, and, like, he's just out there crying on the field. And, and like, is that sappy? Sure. Like, is that overrated? Like, who knows? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But he does care. You can't say that he doesn't care. Um, yeah. Not everyone does that. That's not a common thing. You don't always see that. So, yeah, don't hate the pick at 20. That wraps up our draft. Is that right? Yes. We are both finished. Let's let's go over real quick, just kind of recap who we who we each picked, um, and then let's both share who we who we wish that we would have gotten, and who we would never would have touched from the other guy's draft. Okay. So you took Nick Saban, yeah, um, Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln yeah. Riley, yeah. Ryan Kelly, Dave Aranda, Jim Harbaugh, Kyle Whittingham. Mel Tucker, Lane Kiffin, Brenda Venables. My picks were Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, Jimbo Fisher, Luke Fickle, Marcus Freeman, Sam Pittman, Mark Stoops, Mario Cristobal, Billy Napier, and Matt Campbell. So go ahead. Um, what what were the picks that I took that you wish you would have had? And then what were the picks that I took that you never would have touched? Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman. You really ticked me <laughs> off when you took Sam Pittman. You know you did. Um, I was, yeah, I, I just, I thought I could get him later. I don't know why I didn't take him earlier. Um, that really kind of ticked me off there. Um, you can go fly a kite with the whole Billy Napier stuff. Okay, cool. Just, <laughs> uh, I'm serious though. So yeah. he's, he's going to go up against Kirby smart for recruits. He's going to go like, he's going to get recruited against by, by everyone. He has to beat Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina's up and coming. That's a tough yeah. out. Hypel like, could have been picked in this, by the way, too. Like, we, we didn't take Hypel. Right. Yeah. But like George is going to be a juggernaut for years. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you could say that he's in like they, they could they, they could lose a bunch of games, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. They could lose a bunch of games. Sure. And at Florida, that's not acceptable. Losing games is not acceptable. So, yeah, I, dude, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not taking him there. Not yet, especially sure. unproven. He's never coached a game before. Well, at least not at Florida. He did it at Louisiana and had results, but never coached in the SEC before. So. Yeah, maybe it works out, but that's the guy I'm not touching yet. Yeah. So the guys that you drafted that I I was disappointed by because I wanted them, Dave Aranda, um, and Brent Venables. Um, uh, I was thinking I missed one somewhere else. Those are the main ones I would say that 
really like I thought I could get them and it, and it didn't work out. Um, right. Right. The ones I wouldn't have touched. I don't know that there's any that I hated completely. Okay. Um, I don't know that I would have drafted Mel Tucker. Um, I mm. totally, I totally understand why you did. I see. Think, I like that pick. That for me, that's like that's yeah, my that's like sure. my sleeper pick. Yeah, I'm it's, a fan of that. It's one. him and Jim Harbaugh. Um, those are the ones I don't know that I would have drafted. <laughs> you would have drafted Harbaugh in the top twenty, dude. Uh, okay, he so he playoff. He went to the playoff. I know. This past year, I know. Tell me, there's no chance that he gets fired in two years. He won the Big Ten. I know. I know. He beat but Ohio State. Beat, okay. He beat Ryan Day. Beat him. A year ago. A year ago, I drafted. Um, Ed Orgeron. Okay. Well, okay. About a year after he won a national title. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's Ed Orgeron fair. can't that's even find fair. work. I, I'm, that's not he that's he fair. might be Ed Orgeron, is all I'll Harbaugh, say. He's, Harbaugh is not Ed okay. Harbaugh went Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl in the NFL. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay, that's fair. He's, He's not Ed Orgeron, but I think he might be the guy that peaked and we'll never see that again. He just went to the playoff. And I think he peaked. And, oh, I mean, so yes, maybe he did peak, but I mean, the playoff was a pretty darn good place to peak at. Like, like what, what, like he's at Michigan. It's not like the, the expectation there. If he goes to the playoff once every six or seven years, he's going to keep his job. They're not going yeah. to fire him. He's going to keep his job. He's sure. not going to lose his job for, for a number of years yet. Is the recruiting concerning? It is. But to say he's not top 20 is borderline blasphemous for me. Okay. I, I'm just betting that he won't make the playoff again at Michigan. That's what I'm – okay, four-team playoff. Like, I don't think he'll be in a, in the top four again at Michigan. Would this change – okay, so he's going to have a game at the Horseshoe this next year to beat Ohio State back-to-back times. Yep. If he does – 60 minutes. If he does that, if he wins those 60 minutes, which is possible, by the sure. way, if he does that, doesn't the whole narrative change and suddenly he is the guy and Ryan Day is the number two in that division, Right. Possibly, but it's, I still have to see it in recruiting then. Like Ryan Day is, okay. I think that would almost tell me more about Ryan Day. Oh, okay. I I would be so worried at that point about Ryan Day on the field and coaching because Ohio State's roster is so much better than Michigan's. I'm just saying like, and. No, I agree. I agree. Notre Dame's roster is a clear step above Michigan's right now. And that's before we've even seen Freeman's full class as a as a head coach coming in but but ohio state's roster last year was better than michigan's last year yes it was yeah. and that was a drubbing honestly You're that right. game could have been by more by more than that it like could it, have been michigan I, was clearly the better team that day i think that ohio state had some very bad weak spots on their coaching um tree that's not the right coaching staff um there you go yeah the offensive line coach coach stud um and the defensive coordinator it was it was bad um, and those guys, Justin Fry, really good offensive line coach that they hired from UCLA. Yep. And Jim Knowles. Like I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Fine. I'm just, basically I'm just, I'm selling early. <laughs> okay, fine. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. I'm selling high. All right. All right. So let's enough. just quickly recap the, uh, two years ago. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. This is embarrassing. I don't want to know. No, it's, the, it's, this is going to be bad for both of us, man. I'm telling you. So, so just guys, we did this two years ago. Yeah. And this is how much it changes. Oh, in yeah. Two, in two seasons. And you this know, was, two years from now, the, the draft we just did is going to have some bad ones. You just know. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Let's go. I'm ready to hear them. Two years ago, these are your picks. Um, okay. Dabo Sweeney. Okay. Lincoln Riley. Kirby okay. Smart. PJ Fleck. Ooh. Mario Cristobal. Okay. J- Jimbo Fisher. Jim Harbaugh. Mike Leach, Gus Malzahn, <laughs> Herm Edwards, ah! Mac Brown, Paul Christ, Les Miles. Oh, <laughs> so the top your top half aged pretty well. You you took Dabba over Nick so. Saban for number one, <laughs> which which was defensible <laughs> at the time, but yeah. But you picked mostly good coaches in the top half. The bottom half got a little got a little leaky. <laughs> so, and then then we get to me, and I'm no better. Okay. Nick Saban, <laughs> Ed Orgeron, 
Ryan Day, Brian Kelly, James Franklin, Dan Mm. Mullen, Bronco Mendenhall, (laughs) (laughs) which I still uh, I kind of stand by my Bronco Mendenhall pick. Scott Scott Satterfield. Okay, okay, it was it was overrated, but but not horrible. Scott Satterfield, Kyle Whittingham, Mark Stoops, yeah. (laughs) Jeremy Pruitt, <laughs> oh. Mike Norvell, and Chris Kleiman. So, oof, oof. the the <laughs> the oh no the LSU the the ex LSU coaches oof. just stay, Ed Orgeron and Les Miles both going in this draft. <laughs> Holy cow! Oh, you had Dan Mullen as well and Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. yeah. Goodness yeah. gracious. Remember when Jeremy Pruitt, like we thought like he was the future. I think he had, he, he got a whole bunch of like three and four stars and yeah. like, early on. And he was like, had the number one class in the composite for like a yeah. little bit. And we're like convinced like, this is the truth. You know, like yeah. and then they're coming. They're coming they all decommitted. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah, yeah. None of them's there. He's not there. Yeah. I, huh. Interesting. That's yeah. crazy how it changes. Remember Mullen. Mullen was just this genius. And yeah. And, yeah, I, I remember that too. I'm old enough to remember yep. that. I would I say that yours aged a little better than mine, but we both have some serious duds. <laughs> Who's the biggest dud on there? Who's the biggest? Oh, one? man. How do you pick one? I mean, it has to be Les Miles, right? Probably. Probably. Les Miles and Jeremy Pruitt. Like, we both had one massive. Well, Coach O. Coach, Coach O, o too. Yeah. 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 Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Hey, he's still there. He's, he's still, still there he's, somehow. I don't know somehow, how. He has blackmail on apparently. the NSU, like faculty or something. I don't know why he's still there. Okay, he let's go to last year's. AD let's, let's move on. Oh, my. So this was last year's. Um, you, again, had the number one pick. You drafted Nick Saban, Lincoln okay. Riley, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart. Yes. Um, with your fourth pick, Dan Mullen, wow. Pat Fitzgerald, all right. James Franklin, right. Luke Fickle, Lane Kiffin, Kyle Whittingham. So some of the like same that. names. Yeah. I like that. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, my picks were Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day, Brian Kelly, Matt Campbell, Mac Brown, Mario Cristobal, Ed Orgeron, <laughs> Tom Allen, PJ Fleck, and Greg Schiano. So what was our what was our thing with PJ Fleck? But did he eat? He had the row the boat thing there for a little bit. He did, he? and Minnesota had like a ten win season with him. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, interesting. So, I again, I think yours probably aged a little better. You got Kirby with your fourth pick. How did I get him there? Holy cow! Yeah, it was right after we took Fisher and Kelly. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I mean we took we took Kelly and Fisher ahead of. Yeah, ahead of I mean Kirby. we both we both. Yeah. We, both uh, passed. We, yeah, we both passed on him. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. yeah. Anyway, I look forward to getting the number one pick next year. And finally, you never will. You never will. <sighs> okay, fine. You never will. Has That's it been me favorite. every? Has it been me every year? Every time. Almost and everything we've ever done, you've won the coin toss. <laughs> So. I won one the other day too. Yeah, tails never fails, man. Yeah, that's apparently. that's a thing, and I get to pick some together. Yeah. All right. So, well, we we got to wrap this up. Do you have any final okay. thoughts before we wrap this up? No, not not really. I I really enjoy like yeah seeing ours from a couple of years ago. That was probably yeah. I mean, it's yeah. embarrassing, but like so what? That's that's just sure. how it goes. We're gonna put out a a thing on the Instagram, um, like yes. my picks versus Vince's picks, um, yes. for this current year, and just vote and and tell us who you think um has the best. Yeah batch of coaches and yep. i will win because i have saban um yeah. and i feel really really good about that so. honestly the first year i had saban and i won the vote the second year you had saban and you won the vote it's and, a thing yeah <laughs> it's a thing yep. yeah all right have a great week everybody and god bless <laughs>